Friends, welcome to another episode of Costa Rica Real Estate and Investments with me, your host, Richard Beckson. Today, we're going to be talking to Christina Guerini again from Crebo Lawyers. If you guys remember, we'd spoken to Christina beforehand about the digital nomad visa, the investor visa, uh, and residency here in Costa Rica. We'd had quite a few people asking questions about whether the if they'd applied for residency, they could stay, what's happening to the investor visa because a few changes have happened, and also where the digital nomad visa is. So I thought it'd be great to get her back on uh, and discuss this with her. Remember, if you have questions for her or any future guests or any episodes that you'd like to see of the podcast going forward, please do comment away, send me an email at info at Costa Rica, R-E-I-T.com, uh, and I'd be happy to find people that can cover those subjects. So let's get straight into it. Good morning, Christina. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? Very good. It's an absolute pleasure to have you back on the podcast again. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here again. Yes, you were number you were number seven. Now you're number thirty. We're getting we're cracking the podcasts out. Wow! It's, I wish I would have been first, you know. But <laughs> <it's okay. laughs> uh, I'm sure I mean, you could uh, you can you can battle that one for Scott Cutter, who was number one. So we have to get Scott back on at some point. But yeah. anyway, let's get let's get straight into some of the questions here. Is it's, we got some interesting stuff here today that's going to be covering you know everything from tourist visas, residency, driving licenses, digital nomad visas, uh, etc., and kind of getting an update because. Last time we talked was back in February, which seems like such a long time ago and so much has happened. But I mean, in those, God, how many months? It's, uh, in those four months between, I suppose, February to today, I mean, what has surprised you? Well, many things have surprised me. First of all, we have the good news that the law to attract investors, renters and retirees has been approved. In second debate, we are expecting the law to be published soon. And this is very good news. And it surprised me because I had guessed that first the assembly would have approved the digital nomad bill of law, but it didn't happen. So this was the first surprise. I really hope that digital nomad will follow immediately after, but yeah, let's start with the good news of the new law to attract investors, pensionados and retirees. And the other thing that surprised me before we, you know, we jump and maybe analyze the, the text of the law to attract investor is that scheduling now an appointment to apply for residency means waiting 12 months to be able to submit the paperwork unless you do this with an attorney because for attorney we have a special platform and we can get appointments after like four or five months but yeah I never knew that Christina so if you want your residency quicker hire an attorney yep awesome now more than ever Exactly. And just in, case, just in case you guys do want to get in touch with Christina, I have put her contact details in the description. So, okay, so let's get into it because we had a few questions from people, you know, who have applied for a residency in one format or another, uh, who are pending their residency, meaning that they, you know, they don't have their Dimex card or their, you know, their, their cards yet. What is their status? Can they stay? You know, they've applied for it. They've got this like number, uh, but they don't have their card. I mean, what should they know? I mean, what, what are their rights? Okay. First of all, it is important for them to know that they are allowed to remain in Costa Rica and they are allowed to do so from the moment they schedule the appointment. There's a lot of confusion here. So there are people saying, no, you can only remain here if you have already your case by your expediente number, which was true before, but now that the waiting time for an appointment are so long, people must understand that they can stay 
from the moment they schedule the appointment. So when you schedule the appointment, immigration send you the confirmation with the date of the appointment, your name and your passport number. That document allows the person to remain here until the day of the appointment. And then of course, the day of the appointment is when the person can submit the paperwork to apply for residency and can remain until the end of the process. As to the people who have already filed for residency but have not had heard back from immigration, or many people, they can also remain in the country until the end of the process. But it is very important, none of the two categories of people that I just mentioned have a special privilege to enter the country. So as of now, you know, if you're a tourist and you want to come to Costa Rica, you have to have a COVID travel insurance, you have to have a valid passport and exit ticket within 90 days. And uh, you must fulfill the health pass before 20, 48 hours before the flight. This applies to anybody. It doesn't matter if you already started your residency process for entry and exit purposes, you are still considered as a tourist. And it is also important to tell people that if months before, months ago, you know, you could come to Costa Rica, you didn't have the insurance, well, you can buy that airport. It is no longer possible. I've had a, um, a person reaching out to me who was at the airport and he was like, yeah, I didn't have the insurance, but I wanted to buy it here and they are kicking me out of the country. They can do so. Wow. So my recommendation is if you want to leave the country, please reach out to your attorney, make sure you can leave and make sure what requirements apply to you if you want to come back. So, so just to understand that, I mean, if I basically, you know, I'm, uh, I've applied for my, I suppose, to get my CITA, my, uh, what do you call that, my uh, date to submit my paperwork. But the thing is, if that's way in the future, doesn't my paperwork have to have some validity as well? Meaning it that's a great question, and there are news regarding that as well, because in the past, the rule was your documents will be valid six months, so you have to submit the paperwork before they expire. But now it is not possible because appointments are granted, you know, even one year after the request. Yep. So they issued a new resolution saying that the important thing is for the documents to be valid when you request the appointment, when you schedule the appointments or after. So as long as the documents are valid when you schedule the appointment or you, you process them after you schedule the appointment, they will be held valid until the very end of the process. Okay. And the other good news is that for birth certificates, they can even be older than six months as long as the document you know, is in a good condition. You can read it and it has no you know, damages for the time. Christina, random question. If I'm here and I've scheduled my appointment, but I live, I don't know, say in Europe and currently, you know, Costa Rica is on the red list or I can't travel back with quarantine or it's not easy for me to get those documents or I have those documents, but they're not a possible, uh, they're not stamped. And how do I do that? Or do I have to go back? There's no other way. Depends on the country. So now we partnered up with a service, which is called Get the Docs. And they are helping us, well, they're helping our clients to procure documents abroad. And for example, the, the biggest challenge is for a US citizen, the FBI background check. And now we have the service, we can have, you know, the form sent here, we can take the fingerprints here, then we send them back. In the US, we have the fingerprints, uh, the FBI issued, we have it apostilled and send it back here. But it is important for people to understand that with COVID, there are I mean, resolution time or issuance time of documents are very, very slow. So it's not as before that you can have the document within one or two months. It may take four months or even longer. So it is important to do it with time. 
Yeah. Well, I think it's good that, again, you know, Kosovo has been very flexible with a lot of these documentation and staying and, you know, these appointments, just because, again, it's, you know, beforehand, it was not very flexible. So, so, so that's great news. What, what is the case? The, the other, oh, Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. The other oh, thing oh. that I wanted to, to add is that it is possible if you're applying as an investor or, or a pensionado or as a retiree to submit the paperwork, even though it is not complete. So if the day of the appointment, you don't have one document, my recommendation is move forward with your appointment. Because if you don't, then you have to reschedule and you go back at the end of the list again. So it is important to try and have everything because if you don't, then it will mean delay in the resolution process. But still, it is important to keep the appointment and go to the appointment, submit the paperwork. We go on our client's behalf, but it's important that they submit our, as many documents as they have. I think that's great information, Christina, because I'm sure it's all very confusing out there and I'm sure your phone blows up every day with all these questions. So thanks very much for clarifying that for the readers. I mean, I even hit you up the other day because, again, is you know, I'm launching these tourism bonds here, which are, you know, investments into, you know, tourism projects here, asking that, again, if the minimum amount, if the investment was $200,000 in these bonds, would it count towards, you know, kind of like an investor visa? I think you said as long as you bring $200,000 into Costa Rica and can prove that, yes, you would be able to get, you know, the, that investment visa. Yes, it is correct. And I, I was very interested, you know, regarding your question, because what you're proposing and what you're trying to do is very interesting and very attractive. So yes, again, what the government wants is for you to bring your money here. Yeah. So they will not say no to money. And the, the other thing is that with the new law that is about to be you know, approved and signed by the president, the threshold for investors is no longer of 200,000, it is $150,000, as you know. Yep. So this is a great news and changes a lot for the people. Yeah, I think that's, you know, it's only going to open the doors to more, more people. Uh, that being said, it's very difficult to buy a house here for $150,000 in some of the beach areas, especially in Osada, where you are, right? Yeah, but you know, I was just thinking about this and I was saying, well, it doesn't, it is not really life changing, but yes, it is for two reasons. First of all, let's say you're a couple, you buy a house, you want to put it on Airbnb, so your attorney is going to tell you, yeah, you should do that at the name of a corporation. So then you own 50-50 of the share because you, want, you don't want to, you know, make your wife hangry and have more fear than she has. So what happens? You buy a house for $200,000, you put it at the name of a corporation, but then you only own 50-50. So none of the spouses will meet the threshold. They will need to do an investment of $400,000. In this case, you know, reducing to 150 will allow, you know, to have 300,000 investment at the name of the corporation and still be able to meet the threshold. The other thing is that it is true that if you want to build your house, you buy a land, you may not be able to reach the threshold immediately and you will only reach it after you build. But with the threshold being reduced to 150, maybe you can simply buy the land and you already meet the threshold without need to start the construction, start the first payment of the construction to be able to win the threshold. And it is life-changing for many people because there are foreigners that come here, start renting a place, they buy land, and then they wait to start constructing to be able to prove the investment of $200,000. And now maybe reducing and lowering it, $50,000 is, you know, a good yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, I think for anyone that's listening to this, it's just like, well, you know, I don't really need Costa Rican residency. I always say to people, it's nice to have it in your back pocket. You just never know, you know. Um, you know, especially during COVID, if you've had residency for Costa Rica, you could have just gotten a plane, come down here and, you know, 
Exactly. There'd been no lockdown. You could have been down here in the sun, drinking cocktails on the beach, surfing or up in the mountains. So, so yeah. Yeah. And living as a tourist here is not really longer, it's no longer feasible. You know, first of all, you will have to exit every three months to renew your driving privileges. Second, you can, you have so many problems with bank accounts. If you are lucky enough to be able to open one with just your passport, then you will have a lot of restrictions. You cannot wear money to different banks. You cannot, you know, so it's a lot easier if you're a resident already. Yeah, I, well, on that subject, I mean, what's the case for the current extension of the tourist visa? Are they still extending that or have they stopped that now? They stopped that, which for me was a good news because I was able to sleep a, a few more hours without people reaching out to me. So they stopped the extension. The last one lasted until June 1st. So those who did anything before then to extend tourist visas had to leave the country and do a border run. On the other side, those who, had, for example, scheduled an appointment before immigration authorities can remain here. And the other good news, uh, which I didn't mention before, is that driving privileges have been extended automatically for anybody who is, you know, in tramite, which includes persons who have scheduled an appointment to file for residency. So driving privileges have been extended until the end of September. So if you have an appointment scheduled, and you haven't been leaving for the beginning of COVID, but you have done you know, what you needed to do, which was starting your residency process before your visa expired, then you can also drive until the end of September. So the person will then have to still exit the country because a person who is here waiting for the residency to be approved can remain in the country, but cannot drive after the 90 days are gone from the last time he entered the country. So after September 30, people to renew driving privileges will still have to exit every 90 days unless Ministry of Transport will provide a new extension. We don't know. It is possible. Yeah. Well, Christina, I mean, this has been a wealth of information. I'm sure readers are very happy to be hearing this because, again, you know, it's rules here in Costa Rica are very flexible. So it's nice to have someone to kind of to make it very clear, you know, very black and white. So. Yeah. Well, let's just jump on the digital nomad. I mean, you know, something you mentioned at the beginning there that, you know, you thought the digital nomad would have been pushed through before the investor visa. So, and I mean, it's been still floating out there. My contacts tell me that, you know, because this was uh, Benavides' baby, uh, he's a, uh, a congressman here, or I suppose it's Diputado, as we say here. Uh, unfortunately, he lost his, his, his uh, challenge to be the head of Liberación because we have an election coming in February. Figueres won that. So now he's going to try and push his digital nomad baby through, uh, and this will be his focus. You had mentioned previously before we were chatting before uh, that it, it sounds like it's about to go to first debate at some point. Yes, correct. So they actually put it on the agenda to be voted in first debate on June 10th, but it didn't happen. But my guess is that it will happen soon. So I think that by the end of the year, and even a lot sooner, we will have the law regarding digital nomads. Okay. So normally it goes through first debate, then second debate. And if it's approved, then it gets signed? Yes, then it gets signed and then published and then it's a law. Okay. But please remember that the Bill of Law and the law will not contain all the details that we will need to be able to really start applying as a digital nomad. Immigration will have to issue a new regulation to establish, for example, what kind of documents they will accept to prove the condition as digital nomad and the income of $3,000 or $4,000 required. At the moment, the Bill of Law states that bank statements will be enough, but that immigration will have the possibility to establish other documents, other proof. So we will have to wait a bit longer to see what immigration will decide 
And the law states that immigration should issue the regulation within 60 days, I think. But, you know. Yeah, it's Costa Rica, right? Whatever, yeah. It's Costa Rica, correct. If, well, just to give an example, in theory, immigration should give you the resolution on your residency application within 90 days from the moment you request it. But I'm sure you know that resolution time are longer than one year. So. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I have to say, to be honest, sorry to interrupt you, but I have to say that immigration are doing a great job. They're really trying to speed things up. So heads up for immigration. But yeah, there are overwhelming requests. So we have to also understand and, you know, the, the human resources they have are not that many. And now they're mostly working from home, which, you know, is even more challenging. So, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I mean, they've probably just seen a wealth of applications as well, plus a backlog of work. Um, you know, and again, the working from home doesn't make it easy, you know, so, so yeah, and we're kind of yeah. off here in Costa Rica. So uh, that being said, I mean, we're on some form of restrictions, but you would not see it. I mean, I was out on the road yesterday and, you know, it's business as normal everywhere, really. So uh, I know, I know. Yeah, but. I know. Well, let me ask you the last question because a question I like to ask anyone, and I'd love to see if it's if it's changed. If you inherited five hundred thousand dollars and had to invest it into a business or real estate in Costa Rica, uh, what would you do with it, and why? I think my answer didn't change from the last time. I will buy a land and build my home, not too close to the ocean, but close enough to see it. Maybe that will be my dream. Ocean view property. Yeah, that is the goal. And I've seen prices increasing. I've seen clients who bought lands one year ago, and then the price is three times what it was before. And with the construction, the investment, and the money you can make to by selling it again, it's it's a very good investment. Yeah, yeah. No, or no. just an investment for life. You just wanna you know enjoy your life here. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's a great country to live in. I mean, we both live in it with our kids. You know, we're expats, I would say, but uh, but but yeah, it's. I'm, I'm actually debating whether to apply for actual citizenship or not, because I've had residency for like 16 years. Uh, again, it's just the idea, yes. the idea of getting paperwork. I'm just like, I, England has put Costa Rica on the red list, so I'd have to pay to stay in a crummy hotel, I'm sure, in London. So I'm, like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I know. But, I know, I know. Yeah, anyway, anyway. Well, <laughs> Christina, again, thanks very much for your time. This has been very informative. And I, again, I'm sure in, what, 23 more episodes, we'll get you back on again for some more information. Uh, we'll do you every 23 episodes. I'm not too sure why that number, but... Okay, okay, not bad. <laughs> it's, a prime number, it's a prime number, I believe. So uh, it's a good number. So, uh, but yeah. yeah. I like 23 is the day of birth of my son. So. There you go. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Anyone looking to play the lottery? Number 23, guys. Um, but anyway, I'll put all Christine's contact details uh, in the description here as well, um, so that anyone that has questions or would like to get into contact with her, please do. Uh, again, she's very, very informative, as you guys know. She's got her finger on the pulse, um, so anything you need, reach out to her. Um, but yeah, Christina, it's been an absolute pleasure having you, and thank you very much. Thank you, Richard. It was lovely being here. Always. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, you too. Bye.